You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Warning. Thunder Talk contains foul language, adult subject matter, and is intended for mature audiences. So, Sexy Thor, uh, SC Comic-Con Jr. Yeah. How you doing? I'm doing A-OK. I wish I could breathe a little easier, but... (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's a nice Sunday at the Greenville Convention Center. Well, preach on, cousin, preach on. Unlike most other SC Comic-Con events, I don't have anywhere to go right afterwards, so... But, like, that's a a good thing, Oh, yeah. I realized it might have just sounded like, I don't have anywhere to go. Like, no, that's actually... Yeah, no, you can come over for dinner, dude. It's fine. I was going to invite you anyway. I'm pretty sure you probably already invited me like eight times in the last two weeks. So, yeah, I was thinking about starting the show with a poll. Um, And it's not what sounds better. Of course, one sounds better than the other. But what do you feel more? Would that either be A, uh, dang... I'm really stoked that mom jeans and fanny packs are back. Or B, dude, I am not looking forward to eating cat food after the Third World War. Where do you think America's mood is right now, Sexy? Uh, probably mom jeans and fanny packs. Yeah, it really, yeah, really mom I, jeans and fanny packs kind of vibe around here. Yeah, I, I don't think most of the population is really thinking about cat food in that respect right now. I have been, but then again, I've been having to open up and like say, dispense that, cat you. food. Yeah, I'll say that's you. That's the Comic Con Junior. If you were here, then you would know what we were talking about, but also with your eyes. That sounded dumb. <laughs> Back and better than ever, everybody. Four conventions, 30 days. Mark and I blast out to L.A. for some PowerCon. Then he and I teamed up with Sexy Thor for South Carolina Comic-Con Junior, along with Mike Judy and Mike Gordon. The other Mike was Mike Faber. Uh, Beth and Kavika went on down to Texas for Dallas Fan Expo. And, of course... The uh, Thunderverse assembled at DragonCon. Wheatley was there. Adam, Anthony was. Everybody was there. It's DragonCon. Everybody. everybody. It was a yeah. cornucopia of friends. All the friends. All in that corn. You know, like that festive cornucopia thing that we all make for Thanksgiving. Totally, and and not and not and not the fat shaming friends. The TV show that has, in my opinion, aged very poorly. Well, once we heard that. Uh- <laughs> Well, once we heard the Carl Urban up at Dragon Con, we all had to come, right? Son- yeah. yeah. Carl Urban Challenge. <laughs> Carl Urban Challenge. Oh. Man, just that whenever you came in, when we were watching Dan and Mark do their thing, and at the very beginning, uh, you know, Wheatley comes in, and he does this whole, like, oh, God, what did you say? Is, is this the Carl Urban panel? And I was, you know, and I, I had that moment, like, I'm about to slap the fuck out of this person. And then I was like, but then it registered their voice. And I was like, oh, Wheatley, you fuck. Yeah. It was coming out with Spider-Man UR costume, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sweet costume. So it, sweet costume. It was a good costume. Actually, I cosplayed. I don't do that often. Uh, whipped out my Hamburglar outfit for SC Comic-Con Junior. So everybody uh, in the upstate got a face full of that. 
Did did you walk around with like a basket full, like a an Easter egg basket full of just regular hamburgers? I would have, but I, I'm afraid that due to like health and safety regulations and just common sense, your average motherfucker on the street would react maybe the way I would react if some rando offered me <laughs> a free burger. Like Or a homeless looking hamburger is like Robble Robble. I don't like Robble, the imp- Robble. I, don't, I don't appreciate the implication there, Beth. <laughs> Also, as I've complained before, uh, the kids would probably go, wait, where's the cheese in these burgers? Who doesn't have regular hamburgers anymore? As in, like, he's called a hamburger, <laughs> yet his outfit, my outfit, incorporates cheeseburger imagery. Is that what we're... <laughs> well, I didn't think the ha- I thought the hamburger was only for hamburgers. Yeah, who is cheese? Not a cheeseburger. Okay, well, check it out. Wheatley, <laughs> I'll, I'll have you know that Melissa made me a brand new hamburger tie, and... Uh, what it does have is glow in the dark glue that she used. So it actually glows oh. in the dark. What it doesn't have is, uh, any, any cheese on the burgers themselves. So mm. I, uh, I heard you and I comply. <laughs> Wheatley's always giving me shit. Like you're called hamburger. As yet. he always got does. As he should. As he should. Yes. We, brand. We, we support Wheatley's. Sh- bag of shit well it's in the so. uh it's in the promo uh disrespect to the co-host so you know oh, absolutely gonna... absolute contempt <laughs> yeah. for each other absolute contempt i fucking hate all of you <laughs> fuck you too dan right on bro one lady was right freaking on. out at your panel she's like why are y'all being so mean to dan <laughs> <laughs> it's our brand because that's you know. that's uh bullet point number three in our standards and practices brochure yeah fuck dan <laughs> Uh, what is it? Number Fuck one man. is uh, if you have a problem with your brand represented in the greater Thunderverse, let me know. I have to know if it's fucking with your money, if it's fucking with your name. If we're saying some shit that doesn't jive with your podcast, your your Twitch, your YouTube, your whatever, let us know. Bullet point number two is if you're worried about what we're saying about you, you're on the wrong fucking show. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, yeah then bullet point number three is fuck dan I, and i think is actually is bullet point three actually number one i well i, I feel like it is but they're not in any real specific order yeah so <laughs> fuck dan fuck dan <laughs> yeah so we went to um dallas fan expo and it mm-hmm. was a good time yeah. um they didn't you know everybody wore masks and stuff like that they didn't they didn't go above and beyond like dragon con did where dragon con required you know proof of vaccination checked and everything i mean because we were in texas oh i mean and everything that we know about texas Mm -hmm. it was still it it tracks it tracks (laughs) definitely i i actually thought that we were all going to be given guns at the front gate i'm surprised you you weren't (laughs) i mean it would have been even better i don't know it would have been an an interesting you know gunslinging show (laughs) but i don't know it went off pretty good i mean the the convention center that they use is astronomically big i think that you could almost get away with putting most of dragon con in this one convention center that's how big but but they only used a fraction of it like a small fraction of it and so we're like walking and walking past the convention center and then through the convention center and we finally got to the con and then there was still more convention center like on the other side of the street it was crazy big. 
Yeah. Wow. Right. So you're talking like all what five levels of the America's Mart. Oh, easy. All the host hotel uh, all, all, ballrooms, all, all, side rooms, all the West End, common space. Um, all, all, all the shared. I mean, like we can figure this out. You know, we can get the square footage for it is really where you went, and then get the collective square footage for all that other bullshit. Maybe I was just we have about. like an enterprise, enterprising listener. So we were at the K. Bailey uh, Hutchinson Convention Center in Dallas, Texas, and it is massive. And I would love to know the square footage, and then you can mm. add up all the square footage for Dragon Con, and if you could deliver it to me in a PowerPoint presentation, maybe Power BI. Shit. That would be great. And then we can link it on to yeah. <laughs> the yeah. Thunderverse, you know. Yeah, we'll send, we'll send you something. Like I probably won't, but one of us will will put something in the mail for you. We'll have you on the show. We'll have you on the show. There yeah, it is. And, and then you can give a PowerPoint presentation through Zoom that we can stream for everybody. Yeah. It will be epic. <laughs> yeah. No, we might we might make you a host, actually. You can take my job. Yeah. I mean, somebody's gotta do it. Take Dan's job. Take <laughs> Hashtag take Dan's job. Take Dan's job. <laughs> What they don't know is that in this fine print, though, it's not to be a host. It's to do all the editing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm really crossing my fingers with somebody who has their shit together. Totally, totally falls for our scheme. Man, can we get... How do we, like, sign up for an intern or something? You know, like, doesn't somebody need us? I will sign some internship credits saying, like, look at all this work that you've done, you know, and... You can write a paper about it while you're editing the show, and you will get like three to six credit hours or something. Uh, six I, is on the high end. I was thinking like two. <laughs> I mean, you got to give them like three. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, something like that. Communications. Oh, dude. Okay. We'll give you either six credits in fucking phys ed or two like, you know, hard radio college <laughs> points. That would be epic. So if there's any free interns out there, if yeah. you would like a gig, we would like to sign you up for the Thunder Talk internship where you will learn the fine skills of editing from Dan. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, sexy sexies are standing by. Give us a call. Ring, ring, ring. Hello? <laughs> Hello? Okay. Your name is... Uh... <laughs> Hold on. Um... I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah. I was like, I just want to see where he was going to take it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Let let him die on stage, dude. That's what we do. Again, contemporary co-hosts. That's on brand. Yeah. On brand. Yeah. Fuck you, Dan. Yep. (laughs) Fuck Dan. Fuck Dan. All right, everybody. This is Mark McRae. Uh, representing Thunder Talk, and I'm talking to the awesome Mike Gordon, who is here at South Carolina's Comic-Con Junior. How are you doing, Mike? Howdy! Happy to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, tell us about this latest project, Tiki Zombie. Tiki Zombie. Actually, it's a project that is celebrating its 10-year anniversary. We just had a Kickstarter uh, for the 10-year Tiki-versary special that we're putting together. So, uh, yeah, I'm here representing Tiki Zombie. We've got uh, some comics that we're selling, as well as uh, the ESO books and some other books that New Legend is uh, responsible for. So, yeah, it's good good to come back to South Carolina, to Greenville again, 
Uh, it's been way too long. This is, I think, the first time I've been back here since like maybe two years. Wow. So, wow. Uh, and I like Greenville a lot. So it's a good show. I love the people that put it on, and uh, it's always a good time here. Oh, awesome, awesome. So, what is the station about? Uh, we did an uh, anthology book called um, Earth Station One, Tales of the Station, where we had a lot of the uh, people who podcast on the ESO network, we asked them if they were interested in contributing a short story about about this, this you know, alleged station that is circling the Earth, you know. And uh, we had, surprisingly, a number of people that said we'd love to do it. So we did three volumes. I have the first two volumes. I have volumes two and three here. Uh, volume one, I don't have any hard copies of, but you can get it on Amazon. Excellent. Uh, yeah, you can get that one on Amazon. You can get all three of them on Amazon, and you can get actual print books, and you can get them on you know your Kindles or whatever devices you want to read it on. It's available. But they're all short stories. They're not really connected in a way because every author kind of did their own interpretation. But it was a lot of fun. We have a lot of creative people, as you know, on the network. And uh, it was great to just have them just tell a tale. I even have I have a story in the first one, and I edited all the books as well. And uh, so I had to read them. But let me tell you, even if I didn't have to, uh, it would be an enjoyable read because they're all really talented people. Oh, that is great. That is awesome. I had no idea. One of the uh, covers or cards that has caught my eye since I got here uh-huh. is uh, this story. Invisible in- Scarlett O'Neill. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's, uh, she's been uh, into my life for uh, about a decade as well. Um, I uh, know the... Um, I got to know the son of the original creator, Russell Stam Jr., uh, and Invisible Scarlet O'Neill was a comic strip that ran from 1940 to about the 50s. And as far as we can tell, she was one of the first leading lady characters to have a superpower. You know, obviously she could turn invisible. Uh, back then, uh, it was very rare for females, especially females with powers, to uh, lead their own comic strip or even comic book. So, uh, so she got my attention. The, uh, the strips are illustrated. I mean, they're just beautiful illustrations. The guy, Russell uh, Stam, before he did his own book, uh, sorry, his own strip, he used to do um, background work for Dick Tracy. Very cool. Yeah, so that guy knows his stuff, and they're just beautifully illustrated. Um, we di- I worked with the son of the original creator, and we did an original graphic novel, kind of modernizing the character. Right. And so we still have many copies of that left. But I also wanted to make sure that the, the story of the original strip and the art- artist involved was, was told. So I created, I wrote an uh, untold origin story. Uh, which basically is tells the story of Russell Stam and his in this strip, and we are working on collecting the original strips as well. We hope to have that done, and I wish it was done like this year or last year because it was the 80th anniversary. But uh, it just wasn't to be. There was a lot of other stuff going on, as as you might know, and uh, it was just it just we're going to do it. We're we're working on it. I'm collecting the strips. We're scanning them in. And hopefully we'll have the whole 15 years collected in nice hardcover volumes that people can enjoy. Because I don't think a lot of people have seen this strip in probably over, you know, 70, 75 years in most cases. Wow, that is really something. I mean, I love the fact that you're restoring part of 
comic book history. I think it is, yeah. And so that everyone can find out about Invisible Scarlett O'Neill. I feel like uh, if, if she had been more popular, maybe it would have been a 1940s uh, a film noir movie. Sure, sure. You know, featuring the star. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she didn't really get... She she appeared in some comics. She was They, they reprinted the strips in, in issues of Famous Funnies. She was uh, featured in Harvey Comics, and there was a few, like, uh, big what they call the Big Little Books, right. as well as uh, some novels, but that's what I bet about it. She never made it to radio, which is like, how can you not, like, do a radio program about an invisible woman? Like, that's a no-brainer. <laughs> But but the people who know, uh, you know, have really appreciated her. And uh, I, I know it's one of those things where it's like, I really want to get that done. If, that, if I don't do anything else over the next few years, that's one thing that I really need to get done. One of the co-hosts for Earth Station One, and it is an awesome podcast that talks about everything that is geek. How long has the podcast been going and... How did you guys come up? How did you and and uh, how did you come up with the idea? Well, uh, you know, Mike Faber is the one who's like really the force behind Earth Station One. Uh, has been since its inception. He uh, created it um, over ten years ago. I think eleven years ago. About six or seven months into the run, I uh, I was listening to it and I liked it and uh, I wrote in. And, uh, and said how much I liked it and everything. And he's like, hey, do you want to be on an episode? And I was on an episode, and I've never left the station since. Uh, so, um, so I joined up a little bit later on, but, you know, it's been pretty much Mike and I's baby. I'd wanted to do a podcast forever, especially one that talked about um, positive things in geek culture and pop culture. As, you know, I mean, obviously there's bad stuff too, but I was really wanting to like sort of make sure that ours was or at least my part of it it was more positively bent but um you know we've been doing it every monday weekly for ooh, for 10 or 11 years now and uh i always said that i'd stop if it didn't get fun uh if it wasn't fun anymore and it's still a blast i mean we get together with a lot of people that uh we love and that are passionate about subjects and we do movie reviews and we do discussions about topics like you know like we had you never know what we're going to do but we sell we like to celebrate anniversaries uh i know upcoming we've got an episode celebrating the 45th anniversary of interview with the vampire the novel that kind of sparked off the whole vampire thing in the 80s oh, very cool um we also do like i said movie reviews so when the latest movies come out like dune and all the Marvel movies, all the DC movies, all the Star Wars movies, we, we, get, we review those. We like, to do, we like to fit in some classic movies there, too. It's important for us to also do some um, uh, episodes where we represent. Uh, we do an LGBT-type theme one, like, a few times uh, a year, and, uh, and, and we try to get out there as well. So, so it, it, it varies from week to week. It's like we like the magazine format of the show. We interview people, we put them in a geek seat, find out where their passions are, and just have fun with it. Yeah, cool. Hey, everybody, full disclosure, I've been in a geek seat. <laughs> <laughs> he survived! <laughs> yes, I did. He survived the geek seat! All right, cool. Where can people find you? 
people can find me, uh, you know, certainly they can go to my website, which is newlegendmike.com. They can find me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. My handle is newlegendmike. That's my company is New Legend. Um, you can find me at tikizombie.net. That's where we uh, find all the stuff that's going on with Tiki Zombie and the 10-year Tiki-versary. Um, and uh, you can also always find me on earthstation1.com and the esonetwork.com because I'll be there every week uh, doing the podcast. Dr. Geek here with another reminder that the ESO Network is pro-science and pro-vaccine. We urge you to be a superhero and protect yourself, your family, and your fellow geeks around the world. Don't be fooled by the forces of evil and their anti-science misinformation campaign. Consult the latest CDC guidelines, your doctor, and get the COVID vaccine today. So Dallas Fuck, fan... Is this the original okay, Dan one of his clones? What was that, Wheatley? When he says fuck Dan, is that the original Dan or one of your clones? Both. <laughs> <laughs> Sexy and I had a conversation the other night where we referenced the whole Dan clone fucking, but then I took it like one step sideways. Did you remember that conversation? Because I only vaguely do. Mm. Oh, uh, making that human centipede thing? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, human centipede. Oh, yeah. No. Human centipede. Oh. Human danipede. Danipede. That's right. Danipede. Uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. Uh, why? Why is that even a, there's your, a mental image? There's your nightmare no for way. spooky season. Yeah, it's there now. Burning. It hurts. Ring, ring. <laughs> Hello? It, it's just muffling, but I think it's uh, Dan number seven. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Some, somehow he's able to get like some sound between that sewed-up line between his mouth and and Dan number six's butt. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. That's a bad segment to be at seven. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so if we're, if we're looking at more than three Dan like in the Danipede, then we're talking... Human Danipede Part 2. I never saw that one, but the cover looked like it branched out I into like... I've never seen any of them. <sighs> yeah. Oh my god. Neither have I. <laughs> I watched the first one like fast forward as in like, I don't know how long the movie is. <laughs> yeah. But I sat there and just kept scrolling ahead 10-15 minutes. Oh my god. Scrolling ahead 10 minutes. So I watched like the 10 minute version and uh, it disturbed me. And that doesn't <laughs> happen very often. It disturbs me yeah. just the idea Without you have ever seen any of yeah. the media, like Didn't just the idea it. in my brain, I wish I could make disappear. So <laughs> I was like, "How would you do that faithfully? Like, how could you cinematically oh, do that faithfully?" Because that hurt. They, that was based on a real experiment they did with pigs. They did that shit. Industrial what? farming, I, swine farming. They're fucking stacked. They're stacked on each other in their own metal grate cubicles, if you will. I One feel on top like the other. Being and they're shitting and, on each other. Yeah, and they're eating their shit diff- because they're pigs. Yeah. And then someone's like, well, hell, what if we stacked like, you know, I guess three, one on top of the other, and only fed the top one and measured how much, you know, and then made sure the second one below received all of the. You know what I mean? Are you trying to remove pork for me? Like. Animals aren't hydroponic farms, so I don't think that's going to work. Mm. <laughs> mm. But you ever been mm. at the Epcot Center where they show the hydroponic farm? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. idea is that there's hanging plants, they pour water down the top, 
And that way they share the water. And it doesn't work that way. No, yeah. Well, I mean, the water is a, what they consider a solvent, a medium to transfer what's in the soil. Yeah. Yeah. My gosh. Yeah. This took a, uh, this took a turn. No, this is a horrible okay. segue to anything. Like, I, okay. Let's get back on track. So, Dallas Fan Expo. How about, how about we that sounds good. come back to that? Yeah. yeah so, yeah. I wish we had been to Dallas Fan Expo before so we could compare the experience that we had this year with how it was in the past, but we have no idea what it was like in the past. This is your first time? Yes. Right on. So, it was good and we enjoyed it, but we definitely missed having as many panels as they have at Dragon Con. There didn't... I mean, there were probably a few fan panels, but it was mostly the main panels and... My biggest complaint was the main, like, big panel area, it shared the same huge room that they had, like, the vendors in, and then on the other side of the vendors, they had the tables for the guests. And I mean, the room was giant, so it could house all of it, but because it was just, like, curtained off from each other, Uh, while we were in the panel, we could hear, like the sounds of the people at the vendors and all of that. So there were some times where it was hard for me to hear, like if a person was asking a question, what their question was, or even whoever the panelists were, if they weren't loud enough, sometimes I couldn't understand what they were even saying. Oh, that noise pollution coming through the curtain. It, it It was an odd choice because upstairs they had huge theater rooms, like which would be like a normal... Upstairs, downstairs, on the yeah, same everywhere. floor. There's like normal Dragon Con size convention center rooms where they could have had like the big panel, but they wanted to stuff it all there. It, it, it was an odd choice, and maybe they need some Dragon Con volunteers to um, to help set them straight. <laughs> help show them how. Yeah, what, show, show them, them how it's good. done. But I mean, it's a baby convention compar- comparatively speaking. I, there was a lot of. I mean, I was surprised at the quality of the cosplay some of the people worked on. There were stuff. a lot of anime fans there, you could yes, tell. And, and I and I could swear that it used to be an anime convention. And then somewhere oh. along the way, the anime convention turned into, quote unquote, the fan expo. I think they have a separate anime convention, though. They Well, that know. doesn't necessarily preclude Kabika's theory, though, because like Dragon Con, mm. I think in terms of least cosplay is pretty well anime serviced, yet there's Momocon a few months before. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I, that, I mean, yeah, you do make I, a good I, point. Yeah, you know what, I'm staying out of this. Hey, Beth and Kabika, fight <laughs> about this shit. Uh, okay. I just, I, I, I would have to research this, but I really kind of believe that it used to be a different convention and then they rebranded as, you know, from anime expo to fan expo i mean even if your gut is incorrect perhaps that's still fan expo's like fault (laughs) for throwing out that swag that vibe you know what i mean to make to make you actually think about that well they had a huge panel for uh my hero academia and had like 20 of the voice actors there 16 to 20 of them like it was like they were all there and i was like how did you pull this one off? Dude, Melissa and Kira might have flown out for that. They were both binging that. They've been binging it and re-binging. Yeah. Like all like 20 uh, like all the main characters. All the I mean like even the main characters, the sub characters, right. you know, like it was a huge, you know, like when we were sitting in the crowd, um 
you know, they're stuck, they're stacked in like three rows, you know, kind yeah. of thing. And, and then they're just handing the mic around and having a conversation. It was, it was cool. And, and they were just talking about the show and, the, and their experiences and the show, you know, just like a normal panel is. So. Well, I just, uh, well, I just, uh, got, uh, I remembered this, uh, Funimation is centered right around Dallas. I think in, uh, Fort, Fort Worth, Texas. Oh. Yeah. That would make sense. <laughs> yeah. Probably because they have their studio there, yeah. <laughs> you know, so everybody's close. Thunder Talk exclusive. <laughs> in keeping with Thunder Talk Halloween tradition, we welcome back our dear friend, artist, fashion icon, actor, LGBTQ plus activist, and all around badass Brandon Hilton. If you didn't see him at New York Fashion Week last month, then you need to go check out his Twitter, at Brandon Hilton, all uppercase. Uh, the guy's been known to fuck with RuPaul, goes by the drag title Anya Man. Uh, he's a fashion icon. Go check out his website, thehouseofman.com. You can check him out in the indie film Midnight Cabaret on YouTube. All of this is in the show notes below, his Facebook, his Instagram. He's got an OnlyFans, everybody. Dude's blowing up. In January of this year, he released his album Reborn, uh, an amazing mix of electronic dance music that spans about every subject you can think of, yet you can groove to all of it. Last year, he hit us with the mega-hit Glamour Zombie. That's the track you're hearing below my sexy voice right now. Tonight, we're going to check out one of my personal favorites off the album, the track One. He takes it uh, into the deep end, so to speak, with the message we can all get behind. Unless you're a dick, then fuck off. You can find him on iTunes, Spotify. Go go give him your money. He deserves it. He's earned it. He's been a real dear friend of the show. Uh, he would have been here with us in person, but he is he's a busy, busy man. Eight enough hours in the day. The dude's everywhere. And he's right here tonight. Off of his album Reborn, this is Brandon Hilton. One.
ever discovered a new band and wondered what they were all about and why they made music and how it all began? Only to dig into their Facebook page or Instagram and not find any of that information? Well, we here at Antitypical have you covered. Before even releasing our first single, we have made a limited run, five-episode podcast going over exactly what we're about and why we're doing what we're doing so check it out now all five episodes on the podcatcher of your choice anti-typical the podcast that no one asked for about a band no one knows what will you do when your child asks what were saturday morning cartoons what were Saturday morning cartoons? What's wrong with you? Or will you handle it the right way? Sit down, baby girl. Let me introduce you to my friend, Mark McRae. Join Dan Clink and I on the Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast as we take a unique behind-the-scenes look at the history and dynamics of animation with plenty of laughs along the way. The Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast is a proud member of the ESO Network. I like to ask Funimation why they're opening, like, hey, Funimation, what is it? Everyone's watching, you're watching. What I forget the tagline. It's something about people watching. But why on streaming, it's broadcast at a much higher volume than the product that's going to come after that. It's like, Funimation, I just blew your fucking speakers. And then now you got to crank your TV up to actually hear the show. I, I don't know. It's am I, am, am I, am I the so only much, one? Am I the no, only one? No, no, I yeah. get it. It's just like why are commercials so much louder than the actual, you know, whatever movie or television show that's playing on? And I that's one of my pet peeves. Yeah, there's a reason for that. Uh, because when you leave the room to get chips, I want to make sure you can still hear AT and T or yelling exactly. at you. Yeah, yeah. While exactly. you're going pee pee and getting yourself a exactly. Um, <laughs> You can't escape this ad. <laughs> 23, and I forget if it's if it's like amps, hertz, uh, oh, what is radio broadcast on? Uh, megahertz. 
uh, decibels. The 23 is a, the FCC's mandated like legal limit for broadcast volume. Found that out a few weeks ago, fucking around with editing shit. Collusion, the marketplace. Yep. Wheatley knows what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and uh, solve that whole equation, and you can <laughs> have the pleasure of uh, editing all that shit I just said. Yeah, I used to... They used to have like TVs that would automatically, like you know, mute or um, down volume commercials. I haven't seen that in years, though. Like oh. that, that was that was like early, mm. you know, the early two thousands, like two thousand eight, two thousand seven. You know, so God, I imagine whatever manufacturer did that pissed off every single. Th- Thing that advertises on television. <laughs> the first ones that did like uh, the pre DVR when it just recorded whatever was on your uh, TV oh, right yeah. directly to a disc, and it worked great. My mom had one. Like you could, it didn't matter what you had, and then you had this burnt, you know. And they came down hard on that. Those people, they were like, no. <laughs> well, then, like uh, TiVo, they, they actually took advantage of that commercial thing where when they sensed the megahertz being jacked up, they said, oh, commercial, and they stopped recording. Yeah. And when it went yes. back down, they stopped recording. <laughs> 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 Completely bypassed it. Yeah, and I had that. I remember watching uh, when Ninja Warrior first came to G4, and it was oh, like yeah. Sasaki redubbed as Ninja Warrior and re edited for the American market. Uh, yeah, it was. We. we I fucking like, I used to like Ninja Warrior, I guess. You know, Rip, Rip, G4 Tech TV, we miss you whenever you had Attack of the Show. Yeah. You know, like, they they had some great shows. There was rumors that it was coming back. They did some, like, Thanksgiving bullshit last year, year before. I mean, Olivia Munn, (sighs) and the dude that's next to Olivia Munn. Kevin Pereira, you know, like. Yeah. Austin Creed. Yeah, doesn't, uh, uh, your guy Xavier Woods getting a show on that thing, Adam? Yep. Because he's a big you know, G4 guy. Yeah, it was a great... I mean, like... Oh, yeah. It was pretty cool. I, but they rebranded that network so many times. Uh, like, yeah. when it first... When that network was first out... ZDTV. It was actually very tech-oriented. Like, you would, like, watch it, and they're, like, showing you how to repair a computer. You're talking and about tech it, TV, like, or are you talking about... Yes, tech yeah, TV. Tech TV, yeah. You know, so it was very tech-oriented, tech you know, and it evolved... To like more media kind of stuff, and well, I think the, as you know, the story goes, G Four was a competitor, and it merged with Slash Eight Tech TV, something like that. Mm-hmm. From what I so remember. the internet says, G Four relaunch is on November sixteenth of this year. What? Oh, yeah, what? this year. Hold on, this year. Let, yeah, let's buddy. Just, you know, we need a relaunch watch party. G4. Oh, shit. Is that going to be on cable or is it going to be streaming? Ooh, that's going to... Yeah. Not sure. Our watch party or G4? <laughs> I feel like it's going to be streaming. We, we do. We need a, we need a yeah. watch party for that. Yeah. Okay. I think yeah, that would yeah. be hilarious. Shit, yeah. You know, remember whenever we did that Patreon for... Uh, gosh, it was one of the shows in the ESO, ESO Network. ESO, we did a... What you do? Yeah, yeah, we did what we call a riff track. What, what it was? Was it that Ronnie Dangerfield movie, Back to School? Yes, yes. yes. That, the one that, that was a fun time. Yeah, that was good times. Thunderverse descended on their riff tracks. We need to get together and do another one of those too. Yeah, and it's like, hey, everybody, go get the DVD or get it on Amazon. Get the movie however you need to get it, but hit 
play on our audio the second you hit play on your choice of how are you going to watch the movie. Yeah, Adam and I did that for Motley Cruz The Dirt, and we released it as... How did we release that, Adam? As a whole-ass episode. Oh. Because that was that was under that was a Thunder Talk branded, like... Yeah, it was like a special or something. I don't know. But yeah, the whole G4 thing, that was ZDTV, like, back in the late 90s and 2000s and all that. And before it was X-Play, it was GameSpot TV... And there was call for help with Leo Laporte and the other guy that talked about all the computers. Yeah. Then it turned into Tech TV. Then it merged with G4, and it was G4 Tech TV. Then it was G4 TV, and then and it was unofficially Spike TV 2.0. <laughs> yeah. Huh. So yeah. here, so here's the blurb. Here's the line from The Verge. G4 TV returns November 16th with Attack of the Show, X Play, and more. And then, of course, they have, you know, they have a YouTube video. And then, of course, you got Adam Sessler. You know, we all remember Adam Sessler. And, you know, he's just, <laughs> he's going to be talking about different things. But he says that the content is also live on Twitch as well. We are intending to make G at G4TV as readily available to as many possible, as many people possible worldwide. Plus, there are even more distribution channels to be announced in the coming weeks. So wow, it yeah, sounds like yeah, that's yeah, cool. buddy. I'm it sounds excited. like it's gonna be like a just a straight digital channel. You can just log on to your computer and just watch it live. Yeah, I wish I would think that that would be a better way to do it now because I don't have cable. <laughs> like, <laughs> what is cable? Yeah. I, I watched that at my mom's house. Cables for civilians. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I just have all of the streaming services. Cable's just an X Man in this house. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's interesting. Old cable or young cable? What's that? Oh, the uh, comic book joke. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, old cable or new cable? Yeah. Mm. Um, wrestling, cable wrestling, 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 wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In the comics, cable was made into a teenager for a brief period of time. Now he's back to being old cable again, so. I like old cable. I like grizzled old cable. Yeah, you don't. You don't like old, old cable. Well, right? I like him too, but especially since he's like twice as old as his dad. <laughs> my yeah, <laughs> I like cable when he's also Thanos. Oh yeah, yeah right. Josh Brolin. <laughs> oh Josh, what was his name? Josh Brolin. Yep, Josh, Josh Brolin. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So dark. What is this? A DC shit movie? <laughs> <laughs> Ms. Judy Faber, Mike Faber here at SC Comic Con Junior, Greenville, South Carolina's premier junior comic book convention. No one allowed over 21 in this convention, sir. It's been an amazing show so far. The crowds of Greenville have yet to disappoint. Well, that's right. That's right. It's been a great, great time. It's been fun hanging here at the table and get to see a ton of costumes and seeing, you know, the enthusiasm of the upstate people. Yeah, right on. Well, uh, you're welcome. It's, we, we work hard for our city, don't we, Sexy? Yep. That's right. Yeah, uh, a lot of children here. And, you know, I, I've always thought of SC Comic Con as a child-friendly con to begin with. I think this year I've seen just an extra amount of kids kind of running around and having fun. Very much. Well, it, it makes it even interest, more interesting because it's a one-day con compared to the two days. 
And then on top of it, it's a lot of families. Because it's a Sunday, so probably a lot of people came here after church and such. And it was just a lot of fun to see the mixing and the interaction between all different age groups. Definitely, definitely. I've seen a lot of parent-child cosplay combos happening. Yeah, that's been that's been really cool. There's a, a guy set up here who's doing a face painting, and I think 90% of the kids I've seen have, have been just adorable with their faces done up. Right. So they've right. been coming by the table and getting a piece of candy, um, and I've been telling them all it's early Halloween. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I think this was kind of geniusly planned in terms of the date. Yes. Entering into October, entering into the Halloween season, yeah, everybody gets to kind of, yeah, right, gets to strut their their costumes a little early. It'll be very interesting to see if Robert and Michelle continue to do the junior in the fall and then do the main one in the uh, springtime. Yeah, yeah, I guess we'll wait to see what the numbers are coming out of this. As far as I can tell, it looked uh, looks like it's it's a pretty pretty healthy event. With a with a show like this, it's been interesting to see. I think also people have been dying to get out to be able to come to Comic Cons again, and the folks here in the upstate have such creative side to them because they could pull in people from Charlotte. They could also pull in stuff from Atlanta, but also Asheville and all those different areas in Columbia. And they all converge here in Greenville. And it's not that far for any of them, which is awesome. Or, you know, if uh, if you had a home here, then you'd uh, you'd be home by now. I screwed that up. How How does that go? Do you see those signs when you're sitting in traffic? And it's like, if you lived here, you'd be home by now. I don't know if I'd really want to live in a convention center, so, you know. Well, hey, dude, don't, don't, don't knock it until you tried it, okay? It's, there's a couple of possums I, uh, well, I think we're on frenemy status at this point, but they still, they still steal my scraps. Judy just saw a new friend walking dude, by. What are we looking at? There's a doggy wearing shoes. A shoe dog. Yes. That's and awesome. he's liking it. So, I knew that would be a distraction. Yes, it would, always. Um, but people have been so friendly and looking so happy to be here, which is, I think, part of the, the being happy to be out and about again, right. um, having events to attend. Um, but everybody that I've crossed paths with has just been really cheerful right. um, and really upbeat. It's been really interesting, too, because they haven't had a lot of major celebrity guests this year for the show. But they have a lot of artists in Artist Alley, a lot of big-name comic book writers and creators and artists, and it's been nice. And then the vendors have been superb. So it's been a lot of fun to be able to see everybody and to talk to everybody and to see everyone's creative soul come out, which is even nicer. Yeah, kind of has this organic kind of fandom feel to it, you know? Yeah, definitely, you know, there have you know bigger guests before, there'll be bigger guests again. This just kind of has a... It's like everyone going to the park after church, but instead you're going to put on a costume and maybe go buy some comic books. I don't think you there's know? anything wrong with that. Not at all. Not at all. That's <laughs> no, American as apple pie. <laughs> That's a good way to put it, and I think it's always good to see your friends also, and you're seeing a lot of groups of friends here with each other, and it's like almost like... It's so good to see you after all this time, you know, type thing. We're having that right now. We have Mr. Mike Gordon to our right, at least he was. 
sexy Thor is looming over us, uh, protecting yeah, the table. Ready to drop on oh. Mike and Judy favor here. Uh, Mark is out uh, schmoozing, make, making make, making friends. Uh, yeah, when's the last time we all got together and, uh, and hung out? Really? And when know? was the last time I saw the Hamburglar? You've never seen the Hamburglar. Yeah, this is... I don't think you have. Well, oh, see, so you know what? It was, it was when I was very young. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, it's, it's, I, I get around a lot. I'm, I'm pretty old when you think about it. I can't remember. I get, fa- <laughs> you, you, you get face blindness after a certain point. Absolutely. You know, they say, uh, you know, uh, women who, you know, entertainers, dan- exotic dancers and, and hamburglers are pr- prone to face blindness. I don't so. see that that's a problem. Oh, no. I, I, I hear that I'm talking to Judy, but otherwise oh. it's all... It's all Look, a blur. Looking fabulous. No, yeah, I, I bet. It's not fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't tell it to your wife. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I'll tell hey. your wife that, that you're looking fabulous. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah, you very no much. Problem. Yeah, yeah, let her know. Uh, yeah, wish somebody would. <laughs> she was awesome. Oh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Oh, yeah. No, the whole, the whole uh, team Clank was here. It was, uh, yeah, yeah, good times. Good times. It's been a pleasure talking to you, as always, my friend. And yeah. it's been always great to see you in person. Well, thank you, Mike. You as well. You as well. Mwah. Where uh, where can everybody find you and the four shows that you own and operate, as well as the mega network on top of that? You can always find us at esonetwork.com or earthstation1.com or earthstationwho.com or the dragonconreport.com and maybe another one coming very soon. Dot com. Exactly. ESO Network, everybody. Dig it. Oh, and SC Comic Con Jr. too. Yep. Remember those Geico caveman commercials? Yeah. They greenlit and actually aired episodes of a caveman show based on those commercials. Why? <laughs> well, because it was it was it, it was selling a lot of insurance. Uh, they, they were like, man, people don't change the channel when they watch this caveman, <laughs> you know, commercial. I'm like, oh, yeah, because they walked into the other room, people, because <laughs> they broadcast it at the maximum possible volume. Well, yes. So let's make a whole ass series. I mean, Hollywood's full of creative people. It's also full of people in suits who control the money. And if you control the money, mm. then yeah. it doesn't matter who's creative. That that was that was a calculator. Whatever like machine god they pray to, I think Charlie Chaplin's bones are ground up and put into like this furnace looking like <laughs> I I you know, I'm just waiting for the uh calculator machine god to uh <laughs> shine their rays on us you know (laughs) and like you know kind of diamond in the rough pick us up out you know and it would have like this booming ethereal like like star trek original series voice like you've been chosen yeah (laughs) then they just kind of origami us into like a butterfly or something yeah (laughs) one of the unseen godlike beings they met in star trek yeah. Oh, every other episode was, oh, was yeah, like, gosh. I mean, at least the next generation, they're like, wait a minute. If we just roll all that God bullshit into one character and yeah. make his <laughs> punk ass show up every now and again, then we've, we've perfected the concept. Okay. So, so Dan, listening to you over the years, <laughs> I'm glad I myself, uh, okay, Beth and I, we, we like, uh, the cartoon version of Star Trek. We we like, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Under, you know, what is it? The lower decks. Lower decks. Yeah. Sorry. Oh. Hey, and you 
don't. Well, you don't like lower decks. Really? You have a disdain for it. There's recent. Like you're like you hold your nose every time you have to talk about it. You like. <laughs> How was that again? How do I do it again? <laughs> you know, like whenever you hear an adult voice and Charlie Brown kind of thing. The parents' voice that you can't, yeah. you know. You the parents' just, voice that doesn't fucking matter what they're saying. What they're saying is yes. wah, 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 bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. But why do you hate <laughs> lower decks? <laughs> <laughs> she just pulled out a oh, shit. <laughs> I, love it. I had a response to that about new information, but no, fuck y'all, keep going. <laughs> tell, tell, me, tell, tell me more, not only how no, I feel about I, I, lower decks, just, but how how I let you know how I feel about lower decks. Yes, I. Well, if you encapsulate all of that. That is the vibe you put off about Lower Decks. And I'm just over here, like, you know, chugging Rick and Morty and then watching Lower Decks and enjoying, you know, having a good time. But, you know. Go on. So tell, so tell, you know, I'm just saying, so tell me why. Well, I mean, like, yeah. are you just so highbrow? Like, <laughs> I am. Adam, it's your <laughs> turn. No, it's more like this since it's high brow now. It's like, wah, 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 exactly. Because he's on top of a high horse the whole time. With a monocle and a pipe. Yes. I mean, that's why I shave my nose hair constantly because I'm, it's like, because you're going to be looking up these right here. Looking down at you. So, so tell, why, why do you hate lower decks so much? I, there's new information. I don't hate lower decks so much. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I'll, I'll I'll skip to the end, but let's let's go back to the beginning. My issue with it was the motivations for the characters to behave the the way they do didn't feel genuine. It felt wacky for the sake of wacky. Yeah, like a Starfleet the lead in to taking Trek sideways. I thought was fucking lazy as shit. Like I was just bored. I was bored with it. And I'm looking down my nose at you while I say this, everybody. <laughs> I, it was fucking boring. I'm totally cool with taking Trek and fucking with it. You know, I liked two thirds of the J.J. Abrams stuff. I mean, the, the third one was it was fine, I guess. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm cool with you taking that Trek and just wagging it around shit. I, I would give up all the Christmas presents for the next decade if they would actually make a Tarantino Star Trek. I would oh, just, I would man. kill, I would kill one of you, like at random. I just throw a dart oh, at my keyboard, just at him. It, it, in order, <laughs> in order to like have that be yeah. a reality. I thought Lower Decks wanted Family Guy slash Rick and Morty viewers, and here I'm looking up my nose at you again when I say this, yeah. not realizing <laughs> that those two shows are radically different shows. They may bisect a certain type of person in terms of their TV viewing. They are radically different shows. Uh, plus, they couldn't commit to whether or not they wanted your kid in the room or not. But I gave season two a shot, and I ended up binging it over like two days. Hmm. And uh, I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it now. Um, <laughs> well, that's good because yeah. like they're develop they're trying to develop their characters, right? So you know that some of their idiosyncrasies, you yeah. know, they're supposed to be more maturing. Like obviously. And what is this, Boyner? Boyner? Um, Boyner? Yeah, I don't give a shit about you that. Know? Actually, I still don't. I still don't give a shit about the characters. 
Yeah, well, I mean, like, eventually his his balls will drop and he will be a better Star Trek officer. But, you know, like, these are Star Trek officers, right? Most yeah, of them. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> who cares? I mean, I'm not in, you know, I, I, you know, one of the things I liked about the first season is I liked the Trek element of it in terms of the, 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 that highly, highly structured universe. Uh, I thought they did it uh, very well. I liked the Trek. There was nothing Trek about the show I didn't like. Um, I just thought the fundamentals of what it wanted to be and what it was giving us was a joke. Well, I think they're trying to pull in a, a new Absolutely. Trek audience. Absolutely. I'm all you for know, that. Like, sure. they, they already have this diehard set you know, that it will always show up, but they need to grow. They're the- dying, <laughs> though. They're, they're literally dying. Um, <laughs> and you know what? Lower decks doesn't give a shit if I fucking look up my nose and sniff my own farts and act like a little brat, <laughs> a, 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 an erudite little bitch when I when I give my opinion because it was Greenland for a second season and it's probably going to yeah. go third season. Yeah. I've I, and I'm happy. I actually the second season is what pulled me in. So one of the uh, I think you briefly talked about it during yours and Mark's panel, but Beth loves that one idea of um was it star trek academy but it's more like you know god what is that show that you watch i don't know it's not you know i i don't know what show you're talking about my thing is i do like the idea of a starfleet academy but it would be really difficult to pull it off correctly to not give you too much teen drama but give you kind of the teen drama right yeah. uh, well i yeah. mean it, it's like what fucking hogwarts for goddamn star trek kind of thing <laughs> that you <laughs> still cool. i would watch so, that show yeah, i mean you would be like bringing fun. in a really like this changing audience de- demographic into, and you were giving like taste of baby trek right yeah. where they're still on earth San Francisco, and they're learning. Yeah. Let me well, hop in a thing, and we're gonna go do a, a a mission around the solar system. You know, real quick. But if you could pull in, if you could do a Starfleet Academy while pulling in the same demographic that Dawson's Creek did, holy shit! The, oh, yeah. the money. I want. I want to like put my money into from that. the skies. Yeah. Like it, it. You know, like everybody's pocketbook would open up. Yeah. And. The thing I'm worried about is falling into that same old trope where it's like, oh, we're kids. We're not prepared for this, but we have to do this. We're stuck in space and the adult is dead. Like, don't oh, yeah, do that yeah. old tired trope. Right. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's several episodes. Like, there was a Star Trek Next Gen episode, wasn't there? Where one of the officers, or maybe it was Deep Space Nine. I think it was Deep Space Nine because, like, Quark's nephew uh what what's oh nog oh no yeah yeah, 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 they get left on their own devices and turns into lord of the flies you know yeah Yeah, that classic trope where the kids of the show get left to fend for their cells for a change (laughs) red squad red squad is what it was that's that's a good that's how it was a good episode that was actually i think wesley crusher and the and the guy that played tom paris but totally wasn't tom paris in in that court martial episode in next generation where Wes is at the yeah. academy and a kid dies and all that. Oh, yeah. Then, they had to do, like, the formation and all that. Boom. That's exactly it. And they, they decided, yeah. like, hey, we're going to do some illegal bullshit that's going to look fucking tits. And the kid dies. 
that same Red Squad is in a two-part DS9 episode, I think fourth season, where there's a changeling on Earth. Odo goes to Earth to help advise Starfleet security on how to deal with uh, the shapeshifter deal. And there's an attempted coup. And one of the admirals uses Red Squad to try to basically take over the Earth, militarily speaking. It's, it's pretty cool shit. And then later in Deep Space Nine, it's that same Red Squad. I think even a couple of the, at least one of the actors that was in that two-parter Deep Space Nine was in, uh, yeah, Jake and Nog. At, yeah, these fuck-ass so, kids. So maybe and, they should do a Red Squad show. Those kids know, sucked, maybe, man. Maybe those that, kids well, were all fucking... No, they're all fucking crazy. I mean, oh. like, they're alpha, but then they're, like, egotistical. They're way flawed motherfuckers that are out there failing forward. Yeah. Yes. I'm, <laughs> yes, a bunch of little sociopaths. Holy yeah, shit. No. I, fucking, I, I, yeah, rated R and everything. Shit, well, yes, yes. Have you heard about the uh, Star no. Trek Prodigy cartoon supposed to be coming out? Yeah, yes. it, it wasn't like Janeway. Isn't like she gonna be like the admiral in charge of whatever her ho- her uh, hologram? According to the Wikipedia, so far, it's basically a group of teenagers discover an abandoned Starfleet ship and use it to go on the search for adventure. Mm. Yeah, and Janeway is a hologram, a training hologram. Oh yeah, here he is, Kate Mogri. Yep. My my only concern with it is it since it's like Nickelodeon focused. It's a kids so show. It, it's Y yeah, seven. It, it, it's the rating. It's it's yes. for kids. So okay, but I will say what Avatar the lot you know oh, like so good. Uh, so and that is that's Y seven. So yeah. it, I guess it all depends. Not on, all Y sevens are lame. I don't mean lame. Most of them are though. <laughs> well, most of them are just like most adult television. It's junk food. Yeah. The next evolutionary leap in the Thunderverse has arrived. The Ring of Thunder is a whole week's wrestling in a half hour. What? The Ring of Thunder is a whole week's wrestling in a half hour. What? Every show. What? 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 You come up around here wetting in sexy Thor's yard like he's anything but the hammer swinging, burrito eating, mic blazing, marking out but never tapping out Lord of Thunder. Like you would do anything but sit down, open your ears, and take in the Ring of Thunder wherever you find your podcasts like you would find any other podcast in the Thunderverse or the ESO network. And welcome to Cigar Nerd Summer. It's hot outside, time to fire up the grill, and of course, fire up some stogies. You know, the beaches are open, and movies are back. So now, we're going to be coming at you with brand new movies, and also, brand new cigars. So, break out your tank tops, fire up the grill, lay out your beach blanket, and make us your summer destination. CigarNerdPodcast.com, also on the ESO Network at ESONetwork.com. Uh, you know that Mark was on Turner Classic Movies? He was on TV. Oh, sweet, yeah. What? Yeah, like straight up. Yeah, he was the lead-in and lead-out. For what movie? It was uh, Fantastic Voyage and Armored Car Robbery, both directed by Richard Fleischer, Max Fleischer's son. Oh, oh wow. my goodness. Awesome. I remember Fantastic Voyage. That's cool. Oh, that's great. Awesome. In fact, why don't we hear Mark in his own words talk about it? Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's listen to Mark right now. Mark, your celebrity star is on the rise. You were you were on television not too long ago, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. I uh, was tapped to be a guest co-host on TCM. Yeah, it was part of the hundred year. Fleischer anniversary special that was running on TCM over the course of two weekends. And uh, I got the chance to talk about 
Richard Fleischer, who is Max Fleischer's son. So Richard Fleischer is uh, animation royalty. Right. So I had a chance to talk about Max Fleischer, Richard Fleischer, The Best Saturdays of Our Lives book, our podcast, and movies. Yeah, no, it was cool. It was so cool getting to see my main man, Mark, up there on the small screen talking about the big screen. I got all giddy inside, especially when the host would mention and podcast. I loved it. Mm -hmm. I loved it. (laughs) As only Alicia Malone, who was my uh, awesome and wonderful co-host. Oh, yeah. uh, Could say. Yeah, she was great. Yeah, Alicia made me feel comfortable right away. And she was funny. And uh, we had a great time filming and talking about movies. We talked about Fantastic Voyage from 1966. And we talked about Armored Car Robbery movie that was from 1950, uh, film noir that was uh, both films directed by Richard Fleischer. Yeah. Uh, so it was a really, really good time. Yeah. And what I thought was really cool in all four segments, the lead in and lead out to uh, Fantastic Voyage and then again with Armored Car Robbery you were uh, able to kind of thread this notion that Max Fleischer was not only pushing the boundaries of animation, but pushing the notion of who animation is for, what the audience is, and how generally, certainly in the United States, animation has been considered the domain of, of children, and how Max Fleischer was really trying to broaden the definition of who that audience should be appealing to uh, adults, appealing to families as a whole and, and, you know, expanding on who the medium is, uh, is really there to service. Right. Right. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, animation historians who look at that era of animation from the silent era, as well as the golden era, as you know, like those cartoons were for a general audience. And that is true, but these animators, they knew that adults would be watching these cartoons as well. And so it was always cool if they were able to put some great animation innovations in the cartoons that maybe the kid audience might not notice, but an adult might notice. Right. So I I think that Max Fleischer was always trying to, technology-wise, increase what the animated cartoon could be, the potential of what it could be. I believe that's why he is so admired. He was really, really trying to, uh, and succeeding, actually. I shouldn't even say trying. <laughs> he right. was succeeding at pulling up the, bo- the bootstraps of the animation industry. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Again, pushing, right. pushing and, those and, Right. Because at the end of the day, while, yes, those cartoons were really for a general audience, when the 1950s come rolling around and television is taking a huge chunk out of the theatrical movie business, what's the first thing that MGM does? It gets rid of his animation unit. Right. right. And, you know, I don't think that there was anyone in the room saying we shouldn't get rid of our animation unit because those cartoons are for adults, too. Exactly. I don't think anyone in the room made that argument. Right. Right. (laughs) They said, well, animation is not that important. It's for kids. Let's get rid of it. I I bet you that was more of how that decision went down. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so in spite of who that audience was for, silent and golden age animation, the suits considered it (laughs) entertainment for children. Cartoons, cartoons (laughs) for kids. And it was that. Right. And that was that. (laughs) We know it's also cool. That's the reality. (laughs) Talk about, you know, Max Fleischer 
uh, being an innovator. If you look at Richard Fleischer, look at Fantastic Voyage, certainly mm-hmm. one of the groundbreaking special effects films of its day. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like the special effects in Fantastic Voyage are just that fantastic. Yeah. And one of the things I didn't mention on the TCM Fleischer special was that they went through great lengths talking to doctors and physicians and surgical doctors about what does the inside of the body really look like or what they think it might look like. Right. It really gave the film a lot of credibility. Totally. And you know, one of the things that I noticed watching it, you know, I'd seen it certainly before, but watching it through fresh eyes and, you know, again, starring, uh, starring Mark McRae with your, with your TCM mm-hmm. intro, how there were a lot of scenes <laughs> like, like on the bridge of the ship where we're having a dramatic moment. They're delivering some exposition. The plot is moving forward yet behind them out the windows and even above them, you see, you know, the inner workings of the body outside of their ship. Up until that time, and this may not be the first example of it, but it's one of the earliest examples that I recognize. You know, generally, when there's a special effects shot, it's like, wow, hey, everybody, check out this special effects shot. Whereas with Fantastic Voyage, so much of it is behind the action. We have the drama of the story unfolding, and the special effects are used simply to enhance right. as a dramatic right. device, as opposed to an out-and-out spectacle. It was subtle and measured in its use, and it really helped me understand place, time, and setting within the story and Mm -hmm. what was happening. And I thought that was a a very classy use of special effects, again, back in a time where usually it's like, all right, hold up, everybody. We're going to have an explosion now. Hold up, everyone. The spaceship's going to land. It's like, you know, we also have a setting to to fully flesh out as well. And I thought that was that, that just unto itself. Taking that that measured approach was was groundbreaking. Oh yeah, and that's such a great explanation, Dan. I mean, when I'm lecturing to students, animation students, you know, one of the things I like talking about is like it doesn't matter if you have all the bells and whistles for a project, or if you don't have it, you still have to figure out budgeting, mm-hmm. even for special effects. Yeah. And you don't want the special effects to take over your story, right? So. You know, so your, your entire point about how the special effects, how they were used in the movie and how it was a measured use of special effects, um, it's a really great point. You know, thank you. That's, that's what I'm here for, Mark, is just for you to tell me. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Though. How, how, I mean, cause... I'm doing good, making good points. Mm-hmm. I'm paying attention. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. You know, one of the other funny things about the movie is that uh, Stephen Boyd's character, a couple of times saying, I'm not sure if I want to do this mission. <laughs> and well. I thought that was kind of funny too, because I think that's how I would be. I'm just like, wait a minute, you can shrink people? Yeah, right. And then later... His character is having um, a conversation with Raquel Welch's character. Her name is Cora. And Cora just matter-of-factly says, well, I've been working for the CMDF for the last five years. Right. And, you know, Stephen Boyd just kind of looks at her like, oh, okay, so you guys have been around for a while. It's her way of saying, hey, these people know what they're doing. This, right. this organization just didn't pop up overnight. We've been experimenting with shrinking people for a long time. Right. And so it's like little things like that that kind of thread the story along to kind of let you know that, well, we know that this technology is at least five years old 
And Stephen Boyd, your character needs to calm down. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, you're, you're, you're in good hands, buddy. Stop making this about you. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Even though, you know, you're getting paid to... I mean, like, James Bond wouldn't turn down a mission because he thought it was too dangerous. Yeah, right. He wouldn't be sitting there whining about... No. Uh, you know, has somebody tested this jetpack? Do we really know if this laser pen is going to work? No, no. Other people, other people were on payroll to figure all that out before the fact. Oh my gosh! But that would make a, a really funny, great Bond, uh, James Bond scene where he is using something that Q invented and it, it didn't work the right way. Right. You know, and now what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, I guess now you got to do some real spy work, buddy. Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, yes, yeah, so I thought that was interesting as well that um, established that this organization had been around for five years. And it also, the story in the beginning established that the Russians had similar technology. Yeah. You know, and that's the whole point of the story that the scientist that has the information... Because they were all having trouble with um, controlling how long a subject can stay miniaturized. Right. And this scientist from Russia who was defecting, who the Russians tried to take out in the beginning of the movie, he had the information. What what year was the movie? 67? 66. 66. So, you know, we're, we're going to miniaturize people. We're going to have a, a high budget blockbuster type of film with uh, science and intrigue. It's 66. You still have to have a Cold War angle on it. I mean, I think uh, that might have been mandated by Hollywood back in the day. Those those <laughs> those darned Ruskies, man. They're I mean, just as much as Vietnam mm -hmm. and Afghanistan were proxy wars. Now, so is the human oh body. So, so is the human body. Right. Because even in the animated series, in one of the episodes where they are going up against the Russians, like the Russians know in the episode about the CMDF. But still for sabotage. Oh, like yeah. one episode, they had a satellite in space that was spying on U.S. intelligence agencies. Right. But everything was miniaturized. And so it, it's, it's just it was just kind of interesting seeing how, OK, we're not going to be shrinking people, but we're going to use miniature things to counter the U.S. and the CMDF. You know, it's, what's funny, too, is it kind of lays out the whole double standards of the Cold War without being self-aware of its own double standards. How we and the Soviets, we're doing the exact same nonsense, but ours is in the case of liberty. Theirs is always with a nefarious angle. Right. Yet, why are we doing the same thing here, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> because our way is the right way exactly exactly we, we shrink people in the name of freedom right right well we shrink technology <laughs> <laughs> to stop the americans and their propaganda that's right to take down the, the western capitalist agenda yeah uh-huh yep <laughs> i'm like okay Anyway, but uh, yeah, so good stuff. And I'm glad I got to talk about the cartoon series. And that's the other part, too, that they kept in that I was really happy about because Alicia and I shared a joke at the end. She says, well, did they make it in the prime time? And I said, no, no. we both laughed about it. <laughs> right. So we even got a chance to roast the cartoon a little bit or roast my theory, you know, right. whatever. You know, now we were laughing and joking in between takes, too. But that little joke actually was like one of my favorite moments that we were able to share a laugh. So, so that was cool. 
It was an amazing interview. Armored Car Robbery expires on November 8th. Go check it out. Right. Y7 doesn't necessarily preclude it, but uh, now that my kids are beyond Y7, I don't really focus on the Y7 scene anymore. Like uh, once Clone Wars and Star Wars found its footing, it was a really good show, too. Was that Y7? Yeah, I would argue it was Y7. It was on Okay, then I would say, then the entire goddamn rating system for television is flawed. (laughs) Now, Rebels, I think, was a little older, but they factored in, yeah, the people that watch Clone Wars is now older now, so we could probably tell older Mm -hmm. stories. Gosh, we're still not caught up. So, we're, what, halfway through uh, The Bad Batch, I think? We're more than halfway through, but we're not done, because there's just so much content to take in. And right now, we're overwhelmed with dogs. You don't have time to watch Star Wars cartoons. Oh, first, gosh, what dude. fucking white people problems, dude? First, yeah. world problems. I, I know this is first world problems. Like, so True my mom goes problems, in, yeah. you know, for a surgery that probably costs like fifty thousand dollars or some dumb shit because the American healthcare system. Because we hate ourselves and, yes. and each and, other. And she just turned into a robot. They they chopped off part of her hip, and then they get it shows like full metal. And, you know, and the sockets put into the thing. And anyway, um, (laughs) like insert transformer, (laughs) you know, (laughs) stuff. (laughs) So we're we're babysitting her four dogs. And with our two dogs, it is just a, a disaster all the time. So I just and then I have to leave this disaster and go take care of my mom for several hours a day, every day. And. The first couple days right out of surgery, as soon as she got let out of the hospital, I was there, you know, like, because that's what a good daughter does. Is, totally. You know, she goes and takes her to the hospital, picks her up from the hospital. That's why she had you. you. You were her insurance yes, policy. I, I was her insurance policy. That's what children policy. are. Yeah. And, um, yeah. That's why I had mine, dude. I'm, I'm counting on a couple of real fresh kidneys here pretty soon. <laughs> but, but I'm sorry. You were saying. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm just bitching. Truthfully, I'm, I'm hey, sure that the on, listeners want to know just how how, how much uh, I, I I despise taking care of people. <laughs> <laughs> Live from Studio A, WTLK, The Thunder. Well, hello there, Thunderverse. Goodness. How long has it been? Welcome back to WTLK The Thunder. I mean, for real, how long has it been? Did I even get to talk about The Suicide Squad, which came out in the beginning of August? Well, if I haven't, well, darn it, it was a really good movie. Except I only saw it one time in theaters as opposed to the way more than one time that I saw that other movie that came out five years ago in theaters. So, oof. But the Blu-ray does come out in a couple weeks, so there'll be plenty of chances there. And the last Marvel DC stuff I remember us talking about, like as a group, is Loki way back when. Dan and I have a Black Widow thing we recorded right after that that you'll get to hear eventually somehow. And no, I'm not trying to like call you out, Dan, or anything. I'm just letting the people know, okay? That's what I do. I let people know. And I do remember talking about that crazy DC week that was coming up between the Suicide Squad, Stargirl, and Titans. And for me at least, sure enough, that week 
They batted 1,000, hit a 3 out of 3, because I thought all of them were good. I'm all caught up on Titans, but Stargirl, I'm still like a few episodes behind. But, I mean, give me a break. There's also all these hours of wrestling and this, that, and the other thing to keep up with, so... I'll get there eventually, but I am enjoying myself on this wacky journey. Speaking of shows, What If came out, which wasn't as critically acclaimed as I thought it would be, but I did enjoy the show all the same, and I look forward to what they'll incorporate with Phase 4. Speaking of Phase 4, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings was very good and worth the extra weight through the whole Dragon Con adventure, which of course you all heard our thoughts last episode about that con. And SC Comic Con Jr. was a great afternoon out too. I brought back the old Party City Thor after a two-plus year absence because even though the Roman Reigns cosplay is as practical as it is convenient, I did miss the attention that comes with being a much better-known mainstream character that is Thor. I even used the hammer I got at the DragonCon vendors, which doubles as a secret toolkit. I used that extra weight to add realism and get my arms used to that sort of weight. But yes, I have one of those now, so y'all can stop tagging me in videos on Facebook showing that it's a thing. I also had an epiphany about myself that what I really go for on the con vendor's floor is the art pieces of, like, characters and stuff. Especially that metallic art. I've always loved seeing those since my first SC Comic Con in 2017. And holy shit, what a journey it's been with me and SC Comic Con. Start off as a regular guest who is also helping his friends hand out 20 for 20 coupons from the Dave and Buster's table. To 2018, which was the point of being christened and reborn with the name Sexy Thor. To 2019, getting to talk to people at tables and wave a mic in front of their faces. To 2021, with it pretty much being the first event I got to go to after I was fully vaccinated. To now helping command the ESO table with Dan and Mark and Mike and Judy Faber with Mike Gordon and his Tiki Zombie table joined along with us. It's very rare, I'm not sure it's happened ever, that an event in the fall has me hyped for an event in the spring. Usually it's the other way around. Unless we're talking about something big happening in WWE during that season that will have obvious WrestleMania implications. But other than that... So that's what I've been up to. Pretty much every box has been ticked on things I've been wanting to get back from the pandemic. Wrestling shows, conventions, movies and theaters, specifically MCU Phase 4 to actually start moving forward, haunts, and of course seeing my friends in person again. I'm probably forgetting something, but it's been such a whirlwind since the summer, and October's not exactly a dead period for me. But that's allegedly a good problem to have. So it's up in the future. Upcoming stuff that WTLK is supposed to be about, I guess. Well, full disclosure, I'm recording this on October 14th with no knowledge of the exact time this episode will be released. Usually I try to wait as late as I can before the episode comes out, but it just leaves me in a rush or a spot that I just can't pull off. So I'm just doing this now and I'll catch up on the rest of October stuff next episode, even if it's like November 30th, December 1st, whatever. October 16th is the second annual DC Fandom, the virtual event where DC shows off more from its upcoming stuff. 
a new trailer for The Batman, which is set to release three days after my birthday on March 4th, 2022. I think some Black Adam stuff and maybe even a concrete preview from the Flash movie. That's shaping up to finally be quite the movie. Ben Affleck said he had way more fun on that set than he did on Joss Whedon's Justice League, which isn't saying much, but at least it's not as bad or worse. And it could always be as bad or worse. With it being October, we're getting our regularly scheduled Arrowverse shows again. Because of all the crazy pandemic filming, nothing really came out last season until January, but the course has pretty much been corrected and we've got Batwoman and Legends of Tomorrow with The Flash coming in November due to Supergirl's final season and the current season of Stargirl still in that Tuesday night block. And we're only weeks away from really finding out what kind of movie Marvel Studios Eternals is going to be. It's definitely a super new and unfamiliar part of the universe and seems to be unconventional for a Marvel movie while also still having that touch of extraordinary Marvel action. I'm pretty stoked for this movie simply because I have no idea who these people are and what the hell is going to go on. It gets more familiar from there, as November 24th is the premiere of Hawkeye on Disney+, Plus, with the first two episodes dropping that day, with episodes 3 through 6 dropping every Wednesday after. Then, to close out the year, is the highly anticipated Spider-Man No Way Home, of which we have one trailer, even showing Doctor Strange, Alfred Molina as Doc Ock, and a suspicious-looking bomb that might belong to a certain goblin. From there, we've had a couple of Entertainment Weekly picks and Tom Holland basically saying they all treated it as a finale and if they did more with their characters it would have to evolve and be different because it would no longer be the Homecoming trilogy. And there's that dope mid-credits scene for Venom Let There Be Carnage and that's all I'll say about that. What a time. What a time. We hope this would be a year of returns and it's pretty much what we got. I'll see you on the next one and we'll find out some more stuff to talk about on there and this has been WTLK the Thunder drink fight and make your ancestors proud and happy Halloween oh you've seen all the Chappelle controversy I guess because Chappelle's kind of a dickhead well we've always known you know like he's always been like homophobic transphobic but you know he, he is a funny human right you know, comedians have usually, you know, touch upon, you know, current events, right? And then they spend it in a comedic sense, you know, and then you might not necessarily agree with their stance or ideas, but it's like supposed to like provoke some type of dialogue and discussion, right? But in the end, you're like, oh, yeah, but you're still just an asshole, a really rich asshole. But it's like Bill Maher. Like, we used to watch Bill Maher quite a bit. You know, like, his stand-up and some of his stuff was really funny. But now, like, the older he's gotten, it's just, like, angry boomer man screams at Wealthy, kid. wealthy angry boomer man. Screams he, at kids on lawn. You know? Yeah, he used to be a lot more in touch with his fan base. And the older he gets and the richer he gets, I guess, the further he gets away from knowing what life is like for a regular person. God, I just want to, I wish we were rich enough where I could become out of touch with reality <laughs> and people. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh man, she's just a bitch all the time. She doesn't understand struggles of the common people. And, you know, well, what's, 
<laughs> What's annoying about the Dave Chappelle situation, though, is he's kind of pulling that whole like, I can't be racist. I have a black friend. Well, he's doing like the trans version of that. Like, oh, well, I can't make fun of people. I trans people. I had a trans person tell me I was funny. Yeah. Well, actually, at the end of that special, he talks about a trans person that he befriended and they were actually an amateur comedian. And she actually opened up his mind a little bit more relative to where it was. And when he came to San Francisco, he said, she opened for him and she bombed for 45 minutes. And then instead of just totally cagey and like you would if you got up in front of that many people and bombed, she Oof. just sat right in the front row and was like still talking back and forth to them. And there was a moment that completely made up for uh, her bombing. A guy, some heckler in the back came up and he was like, hey, sweetie, does the carpet match the drapes? And she just turned around and she was just like, I don't have carpet. I have hardwood floors. <laughs> like from then on she could do no wrong with the rest of the audience and everyone loved her and then when a website started getting on to Chappelle, she actually got on twitter and defended him as the person that she knows personally and then people on twitter went around and attacked her too and he said that later on unrelatedly maybe unrelatedly maybe it had something to do with it but it certainly didn't help but she ended up committing suicide and oh yes so from yeah. from then on he started a trust fund for a daughter and is really trying to work on I, I i think that you know just like with anything gosh you know everybody just needs to have a little bit of grace kind of thing you, you, and that whole empathy just uh, just imagine what it's like for another human being. And I think that many of our problems that we have in the world is due to, like, lack of empathy or insight or grace <laughs> kind of thing. Like, if they were just to, like, stop for just two seconds and think well, about somebody other than themselves. Well, yeah. this is just, like, a prime example, though, of what's going along. What's happening a lot in the world right now, it's the whole, like, yes, this one trans person he got to know, had a relationship with, he did some good things for them. But when a whole slew of other trans people are all going, hey, that's not cool, that's not funny, but he's just like, well, but this one said it was okay, so I'm going to do it anyway. Like, that's not it. You know, it's like the whole COVID thing and vaccinations. It's like all these scientists are saying and all these doctors are saying, like, this is safe and it's a good thing to do. And then there's like this one random doctor who's like, no, it's a bad idea. And everybody that's against getting vaccinated is all like, but this one doctor said no, so I'm not going to do it. And they find out that that one doctor got their degree from a Cracker Jack box. But they still believe in them. It's very frustrating. Best quote of that special, though. Fuck it. Twitter's not a real place. <laughs> Word. You know a real place? Applebee's. <laughs> okay. There was like this the the steak I had once in Applebee's. <laughs> and I don't know if it was a steak or a foot. Because it tasted like a foot. 
right? Like, it was supposed to be like some, oh, we're going to give you this, you know, this is the deal, the special, the Parmesan crusts. Like, I, it, they brought it to me. It w- looked, smelled, tasted foul. Parmesan kind of smells like a foot, though. I'm just saying. Ooh, I'm just no, saying. There's nothing foot-like with... Oh, yeah. we found Beth's weakest Parmesan cheese. Oh, Parmesan cheese. Actually, to me, it smells like puke and I cannot eat it. <laughs> and I'm like, Whoa. hey, babe, can we make some Alfredo sauce fresh? And she's like, oh. it smells so terrible. I don't. If you guys like it, more power to you and enjoy it. But I personally do not enjoy it. You celebrate Parmesan. No, it's not for me, but that means more for my lovely wife. It's true. And I have a whole extra block of Parmesan in the fridge. Sniff it. <laughs> just just a sniff on. That's, yeah, that's I my mean, sniff and yeah. cheese right there. I don't eat it. God, it tastes terrible. Uh. But, oh, man, I just got to... <laughs> I just got to whiff it up sometimes. No, she'll chop out a line and snort it. Yeah. She loves the parm. Oh, wow. Hork, horking that parm. She's mainlining parm. That, that's where I got my COVID-20 from. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, well, I got a question for Sexy Door. Did you get a chance to talk to any of those wrestlers? Nope. As soon as I walked in, got my little uh, wristband from... Lightning lad and went straight to the table. Gotcha, gotcha. There's a young wrestler over there, but I don't think I've ever seen him wrestle before. And he looks like he's no older than like maybe 31, 32. All the other wrestlers were definitely veterans that I've seen or heard of. And you have this young wrestler that I'm just like, okay, who are you and how long have you been wrestling? <laughs> are you still wrestling? <laughs> so huh. I don't know who yeah, that is. Just... You'd have to go over and check it out. Yeah. Because I just know of uh, Kane, a.k.a. Glenn Jacobs, mayor of Knox County, Tennessee, oh. and Ron Simmons, formerly known as Farouk, the leader of the nation, and then one half of the APA, also F- Florida State's greatest college football player ever. Wow. wow. I even s- saw the little thing they had for him at the... Uh, College Football Hall of Fame in Atlanta when we were at Dragon Con. Oh, wow. That's really cool. That was really cool. One of the things I know about South Carolina Comic Con, whether it's Junior or the real, you know, bigger convention, is that they really seem to go out of their way to invite, you know, former wrestlers here for fans to meet and take pictures and autographs. And I think that's cool because... A lot of conventions, they're looking for, it seems like celebrities first, and then maybe the wrestlers second, but it seems like at this convention, you know, the wrestlers are the stars, or the former wrestlers are the stars, which is cool. Yeah, here it's pretty much, for the most part, a mix of comic book artists and animators and all that, along with wrestlers. Like I know, back in the main SC Comic Con this April... I think they had the original Red Ranger here. Oh, really? Yeah. Austin St. John, is that his name? Yeah, Austin St. John. Um, I think Austin St. John was at uh, this past Comic-Con, too. They had a big Power Rangers um, panel and convention. So they kept saying the original Rangers from Season 1 were going to be at Dragon Con. So that's awesome. Oh, yeah. And, like, in the past, they've had, like, Carrie Elwes... I got to meet him a few years ago. Oh, and uh, Maggie Gia, who played uh, the second 
iteration of Poison Ivy in Gotham. Oh, wow. Okay. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. So it's been uh, definitely a mix. But yeah, the, the wrestling presence in here has been like amped way up. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, which is uh, pretty cool. I think the only professional wrestler I've ever met uh, back in the day, I met Disco Inferno. <laughs> and, you know, I was working at Turner at the time and Disco Inferno. Okay, so let me ask you this. The Nitro Girls, did that sound familiar? Yep. Okay, so it was Disco Inferno and the Nitro Girls giving out autographs. And the Nitro Girls were great. But Disco Inferno uh, wasn't in the best mood. And, um, you know, from what I understand, you know, the morale at the WCW at the time wasn't that great. So, you know... But it was still cool getting an autograph and seeing a wrestler, like, up close. I mean, this guy was, like, buff and in shape. And I just couldn't believe how in shape he was, you know? I mean, it was just unbelievable. But anyway, uh, but that's, that's the only professional wrestler I've ever met. I mean, I've been to wrestling matches and stuff with my kids, Um but uh, never got to actually meet a real celebrity, so it was a, it was a, a good experience, interesting experience. I yeah. don't think I want to say what I think was going on the night before, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, just leave it out there. Yeah, late nineties CNN Center. Who? Right. Who, who can knows? say? Who can say? <laughs> who can say? Right. Probably a dark side of the ring in a season or two. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, uh, I mean, even though it was the early 90s, I'm sure there was a, still a lot to do in the city of Atlanta. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, and speaking of Disco Inferno, uh-huh. at, at DragonCon, their one and only uh, wrestling guest was Diamond Dallas Page. Oh, Wow. Yeah, and during his panel, he talked about... He mentioned that Disco Inferno was one of the wrestlers that he himself personally brought into the company. Oh, wow. That's really cool. That's really cool. Do you know what Disco Inferno is doing now or his whereabouts? Or, I mean, I'm sure happily retired, but... I don't know, but uh, I do know last Saturday at the, the little wrestling show that Dan and I went to at Eastside High, uh, they had some former wrestlers or some wrestling legends, quote-unquote, including Buff Bagwell, who was also pretty big in the late 90s, WCW. There was even a whole match where it was pretty much Buff Bagwell's mother, Judy Bagwell, tied to a forklift, and and it was a Judy Bagwell on a pole match. Oh, my gosh. I love it. I love it. You know, one thing you have to say about wrestling, boy, they will give you a show for sure that fans just love and eat up oh yeah and can debate for hours which parts which silly parts are good and which silly parts are just like okay this it's dumb beyond the realm of enjoyment right right. or someone should have talked them out of this idea you know yeah i mean the whole history of the wwe for starters is a whole thing about bad ideas and just (laughs) crazy stuff and everything oh that's funny I didn't know that. Yeah. Like, go ahead. Like, even the Attitude Era from the late 90s that a lot of wrestling fans, like, grew up on and loved so much. Like, 
even though it had straight up legends like Mick Foley, The Rock, Steve Austin, all that right. stuff, there was a lot of crap happening too. And then WCW like started great, kind of went through a slump, and then '96 when the New World Order happened, and it shot way up in popularity, and then '98 till the eventual demise in 2001, it was just. Yeah, so, you know, again, I was working at Turner at the time, and, you know, the WCW was part of the Turner Networks, and uh, from what I understand, one of the things that pushed the sale of WCW was the fact that they went over budget by, like, $80 million or something like that, and all the other Turner Networks had to pay out to make up for the uh, financial shortfall of uh, WCW overspending. And my question is, how do you go $80 over without someone noticing or catching? And you know what? And that number is not exact, but I know they went way over budget. And it was, you know, a pretty high number in the millions. I will say that. And uh, I don't know. I mean... um, like I would, I would feel like there would be some type of someone would say, "Hey, you guys are spending too much." Or oh, this money's not available for you to spend. I don't know because typically, what happens when a company or division runs out of money, they just can't spend it. You know, with it, I, I, like I said, like when a movie, when someone is making a movie through a major movie studio, and they have a budget and they go over budget, typically the movie studio cuts them off and I'm just saying someone should have cut off the WCW you know yeah there was like no oversight as far as any of that was concerned so yeah everybody pretty much got lucrative and guaranteed contracts and and a lot of that talent was just either booked horribly or they were just making the usual bad decisions right right well the other funny thing my other wrestling story is uh, for a little while I lived in Connecticut and uh, I don't know if I told this story before, but one of my coworkers was an administrative assistant, and she got, like, a couple of interviews at WWE, and they were in Stamford, Connecticut at the time. And she says, yeah, the job pays really well. And I'm like, are you going to go for it? She goes, no. I said, why? I can't tell my friends and family I work for a wrestling company. And I'm like, that's the reason you're going to turn down money? That's the reason you're going to leave money on the table? Are you crazy? Anyway, but she didn't want to do it because she just thought it would be weird to work for a wrestling company, even though this company was about to give her like, a, you know, pay like ten to fifteen thousand more than where she was currently working. I'm like, you're crazy. I said, look, look, look. I said, look, I'll be administrative assistant. <laughs> Let them call me up. <laughs> you know? Right. And even like nowadays, WWE isn't really so much a wrestling company as it is a content creation company. Right, so, right, right. so it's like it shouldn't be taboo to begin with. But I figure like under that moniker, it'd be like less taboo. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, but I guess it was just her attitude. You know how she felt about wrestling. You know, or maybe she was like, I want to work at Merrill Lynch. Not WCW. I want to put that on my resume, you know. But I'm just like, I said, they, you know, they're a reputable company to put on a resume. Like, I thought it was crazy. I really did. 
you know. Oh, and my other wrestling story is the condo apartment that my family and I were renting uh, was also part of the same home, uh, Goldust and his dad. Uh, what was that wrestler's yeah, name? Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes. They lived in the same uh, condo complex at one point. But we were not neighbors. But it was cool to know that they had lived there at one time. And that's oh. it. <laughs> well, Dan, how do you like all that? We just put Ring of Thunder on Thunder Talk. Ha, 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 You're funny. Hello. Have you ever wondered how much Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster sold Superman's rights to DC for? Or which uh, popular football star was Sam Wilson the Falcon's physical appearance based on? You can find all that and more at the History of Comics podcast, a podcast dedicated to the creators, events, history, and the companies that made the great comic book medium. Hosted and created by your friendly neighborhood, J.T. Wheatley. Please give it a listen at iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, and all our podcasting platforms. Thank you, and go ahead and enjoy yourself a good comic book. Did you ever wonder why there are 24-hour kid networks? In my book, The Best Saturdays of Our Lives, I write about how Saturday morning became a competitive business and the proving ground for what would become the 24-hour kid network. My book covers the Big Bang of the 1960s explosion of high ratings to the early digital age of Saturday morning's last hurrah, the 1990s. You can purchase my book by going to thebestsaturdaysofourlives.com and I will ship you a signed copy. Oh my god, hold up. Scrolling down on Twitter, because it's not a real place, um, I got a sponsored tweet from Star Trek Fleet Command, and the commercial, the first thing you see is fucking Carl Urban talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, so Twitter heard you, your phone's microphone heard you talk about Carl Urban, they're like, oh, let's feed this person. Yeah. Carl Urban, is yeah. listening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why it's not a real place. It can't convince me otherwise. He sees you when you're sleeping. <laughs> he knows when you're awake. One, two, Beth is coming for you. Three, four, call Urban's at the door. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Make it go away. Five, six, Applebee's, she's six. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Seven, eight. Dan's going to put the episode out late. Yeah. Oh, Halloween. Ha- it's Halloween it time. It is. Yeah. Another <laughs> world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, Halloween times, everyone. Spooky, spooky. Mm-hmm. What's everyone's Halloween plans, ambitions, all that? I think, you know, we just got invited to our very first Halloween party of the year uh, because we didn't get any Halloween parties for last couple you know everything kind of shut down like um the best party in the world rj's is still not going yet because you know there's usually like 300 people there nice and you know everybody like ends up drinking out of the same punch bowl and all that kind of stuff so i think that that's bobbing for covid Yes, bombing for COVID, then things hit the hot tub, and, you know, it's it's a COVID din. <laughs> COVID soup. COVID Halloween yeah. soup. Yes. So that one's not going on. We do have another friend that's 
throwing a much smaller, like, ten people <laughs> yeah. you know, kind of thing, where I'm sure we'll all sit around um, a fire, eating some s'mores, telling co stories, drinking some beers, you nice. know, so that would be pretty fun. Classic. Classic. What about you? What are you, what are you doing? Well, Adam and I are going to go see Pro Wrestling Turbo, the Upstate's uh, premier action sports organization. Freaky Friday, right? The 29th, dude? Yep. Yeah, those guys were great on the on the show last time. Oh, yeah. They're real treasures. Uh, <laughs> yeah, front row, man. Sexy Thor and I, of course, uh, have uh, VIP seating for the event. Go ahead and come hang out with us there. Definitely. Have y'all ever been sweated on by a yes. uh, sweaty wrestler? Yeah. In fact, our good yes. buddy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mad Dog. <laughs> yep. Tossed us his. Yeah. Uh, I got his wrist tape. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. 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 It was. It was fucking awesome. So yeah, we do. Yeah, we've been sweat on. Uh, huh. Then Saturday night, the thirtieth, I'm going to go see one of my favorite bands in the world, uh, Thelma and the Sleaze. Then uh, you know, trick or treating on Sunday. You know, trick or treating with the fam. Mm. That's that's my that's my Halloween and all. I mean, I know Thelma and the Sleaze is a costume party, so everybody yeah. that wants to check that out should definitely check that out. Uh, I can throw everybody some YouTube and what Adam threw up on Facebook that I'll be in full hamburger regalia. At, at, at Freaky Friday. I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but I well, assume. you totally fucking spoke for me. It's, it's I'm expected to show up as Hamburglar now, and I'm just it's such a it's such a badass outfit that I'm afraid I'm going to take away from the reason everybody paid to be there. Which was oh yeah, the yeah, wrestlers. They might throw my ass Here in the you. ring. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, it, it please, please, universe, throw him in the ring and then have Adam record that with his phone. Oh, God. I need this in my life. Oh, no. If Dan gets thrown in the ring, I am living my costume and I am taking my fingers, which will be gloved with black leather gloves, <laughs> and I'm sticking my fingers in his mouth and I'm <laughs> pressing on that mandible. <laughs> Yeah. Wow, that's very descriptive and disgusting. You're taking me out. So, no, I understand. Well, I mean, I, yeah, fiend style. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're practically a tag team already, sexy Thor and Lightning Nerd. I mean, holy shit, dude! Why are we? Why are we fighting it? Yeah, yeah. Bust out the unitards and get that ring, man. So, what are you doing, Wheatley? What? How, how's your Halloween gonna go? Well, Halloween specific, uh, being a homeowner, uh, I always have the, the bowl full of candy ready to go, which. When I picked, I always went, I, the bold part of the decorations in my house, and I swear I fill it up the beginning of October, but I look at the, wait, where, where'd all my candy go? Oh, I have to get more candy, I guess. <laughs> it, went, it, went, it went directly into your A1C, dude. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I always have to fill it back up. Well, I'm on, in the neighborhood, I'm the guy who gives, they know I have the Reese's Peanut Butter Pumpkins and the Her, the Kit Kats and the Hershey Bars and stuff like that. So yeah. Nice. There you go. Yeah, I'm nice. handing out the candy, yeah, watching scary movies. I'm going to see what's going to be coming up. I've already gone through my scary movie list for October already. What are you going to do? Uh, well, you're all out of scary movies. Well, my uh, my ro my regular rotation goes October is there for spooky, but you get back you get you get put in the permanent rotation if you're Halloween theme specific. Oh, okay. And the Got ones it. I watch every year at this point is Halloween one to four, right? Trick or treat, Hocus Pocus. Oh, you got to watch Hocus yeah. Pocus. Halloween, great. Ginger Snaps. So we we definitely we do Hocus Pocus. We usually do Adam's Family Values. You know, we 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 do more of the silly tongue-in-cheek kind of stuff you know so um the worst witch uh feruza balk 1984 i think oh if you're not familiar there you go you need to be familiar dude uh tim curry is in it yeah i think i've heard of this yeah is it halloween themed or it's definitely halloween it's okay super, tim curry sings an entire 
song uh, about Halloween. Excellent. Yeah, the worst witch, everybody. Because I'm bringing the the crows in the rotation too. Because you forget that movie takes place during Halloween. That's a Halloween movie. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen the right. crow in years. Right. Yeah, for sure. It's not technically a, well. It is, there are some pretty scary parts in it, but it, it's a Halloween film. Like it's a, a Halloween joke. movie. Yeah. yeah. It's like I like, tell people like Black Christmas. That's a Christmas movie. Not a lot of family fun, <laughs> but <laughs> it takes place during Christmas, so it counts. <laughs> and I watch it every year. <laughs> yeah. What's that? Uh, Animation one, Tim Burton. All is it Nightmare Before Christmas? Nightmare Before Christmas. Is that like beginning of October all the way through New Year's? Yeah, I feel like that. I mean, that that stretches into Christmas. That's when they changed the Haunted Mansion right at Disneyland from Haunted Mansion to Nightmare Before Christmas Haunted Mansion. Man, but this is coming to the season. Man, I love the season. I today I had my very first pumpkin spice latte of the year. So. I mean, like, I was there at Starbucks heading to my mom's house. I was like, I need my PSL. I never got it into the pumpkin spice. It's delicious. I had my first right before Dragon Con. <laughs> you know, okay, like, if you become a meth addict, withdrawing from that is purely psychological. You're not going to die coming <laughs> off of uh, speed. Heroin, on the other hand, uh, I mean, why do you think methadone is there? It, it can be dangerous. Your body becomes dependent on it. And I'm glad we're finally able to come together. Adam, this is an intervention. <laughs> oh, uh, look at the time. It's uh, dinner time. I'll, uh, hey, I'll hey, hey, you. grab him, grab him. <laughs> Adam, there's a movie that talks about spice addiction. It's coming out pretty soon called Dune. Yes! <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> we're going to have to hit up old Flick's Brewhouse. And then we're, we'll we'll do it maybe like the next Wednesday where it's like five fifty a ticket, but then we're gonna spend like eighty dollars in booze and food. Because <laughs> of course you get your seats, then they bring you food and booze, right? Because Kavika's the Quizats motherfucking had a rack. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That's true. Yeah. It's but, true. But yeah, yeah but yeah. I got friends who are crazy about pumpkin spice, and all I could think is the Baron Harkonnen screaming. Controls the spice. Control, <laughs> Control sexy Thor. Yeah, Adam. I mean, I mean, we saved the best for last. Adam, go ahead and tell us about your your October, your Halloween times. Netherworld. <laughs> <laughs> he hits the haunts, is what he's saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was gonna say hit up Netherworld yesterday. I mean, aside from Freaky Friday on the 29th, I'm I'm pretty satisfied. So is, is Netherworld a uh, haunted house then or something? It's one of the top uh, haunted houses in the country. It's based outside of Atlanta, Georgia. Oh. In fact, uh, they sponsor, they're in the Dragon Con Parade every year. Yeah, I, well, I see, I see uh, like their booth and stuff. I, yeah. I just, I thought that they were like... You know, was it Gore or Gar? You know, yeah. that weird band that dresses up. Guar. 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 Mark, you like Guar? Why don't you join the band? <laughs> yeah. So I thought that that was just like a, a, a fan Guar band kind of thing. So, oh, it's so it's a haunted oh, house. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, they sponsored the horror track at the uh, Dragon Con. They're 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 a pretty big Atlanta institution at this point. That's cool. Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's, uh, you just walk. It's like how long did it take us to walk through that thing last night, Adam? Like thirty minutes, the entire trail, just the the main one. Yeah, the main one was about thirty minutes. Yeah, 
I can't even remember the last time I went to a haunted house. Beth, she, I, I don't think she, uh, you don't like haunted houses, do you? No, I don't. And the reason why is because it's like all jump scares. And so it's one of those things where it's like, I'm not really like scared, scared, but it makes me like very on edge because I'm like, another jump scare is coming any second. <laughs> and so it just makes me like it raises my anxiety really high and makes me act like really weird. I just don't like that feeling. And so I know it's not going to be fun for anyone around me to just see me like being like really weird so i just don't i don't know i think that we should send her into netherworld with like a a can of mace taped in each hand (laughs) (laughs) just like let her go (laughs) you know like (laughs) so many scares no i wouldn't do that to people though it wouldn't be I would just... And now it's not no. funny anymore. Okay. Aww. I remember this was Sorry. years ago. We no, went, okay. Me and a bunch of friends went to a haunted trail, and the group ahead of us, it was like one guy and a bunch of girls. The girls chicken out at the last second, and this guy decided, I'm going to go walk on myself. So he's just walking through the haunt going, I ain't scared of nothing. And there's this, like this wall of faces. He goes, I ain't scared of any of you like you Wolfman. And he punches the Wolfman mask, and he has a mask. It was a guy's face. Oh no! And you hear the guy going, "Oh, what the f, man!" And the guy goes, and he just <laughs> <laughs> we "Wow, yeah." We were like, "Oh, this is the best chill yeah. you ever been on." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Try not to get an assault charge while you're, you know, walking I mean, in one of these things. I mean, again, Beth with a couple of cans of mace duct taped to, to each hand. I mean, I kind of want to cosplay as that. Yeah, <laughs> Adam, you you went to a haunt where. You were given the choice of what, touch or no touch? Oh, oh yeah. Whew. Like that's how they frame it. That's the what you sign. Yeah, what, hands what on was... or regular. Oh god, mm. hands on or regular? Like it's a massage parlor. Like, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, so what was going on with that? You told me a whole. You told me the whole story. Why don't you tell? Why don't you tell the world the story? Oh yeah. Well, you choose the hands on selection. This is at a. Nightmare Dungeon in Powdersville, and uh, they give you a little glow stick, tell you to put it around your neck, because that's always the smartest place to put something in a haunted house. And uh, yeah, we went in, and there was this big old mean lady with a big old blade who was very loud, very harsh, and she literally shoved the soul right out of my body. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, then I was just like, yep, fuck this. So I just ripped that motherfucker off and (laughs) just threw it out. But, but, oh man, you, you're like (laughs) first scare into hands on. You said, this was me saying no to peer pressure, Kavika, and I won't have you pushing any other narrative. (laughs) (laughs) No, I would, I would totally do the hands on. But then I'd be like, "Can I hands on them?" Yeah, too? Uh, unfortunately, you know? this this relationship yeah. was only a one way street. They could hands on you, but you not hands on them. Oh, and man. some and my other friends, exactly. Oh, it's stripper rules. <laughs> fucking- that just sounds like so many lawsuits. Well, I, I mean, you probably have to 
sign a consent form, you know? Like, yeah, well, apparently it was a uh, video of you, like, purchasing the hands-on thing and receiving the glow stick. Apparently, that's your waiver. That's, that's, it's like, it's like I wrote a screenplay and I'm going to mail it to myself. Now it's copyrighted. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. No, I, I would, I would try to hands on. You try it? A little bit. Yeah. I mean, then they'd be like, man, that's a big old bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pull her behind the yeah. curtain. Hey, Jennifer, come here. Let's, <laughs> let's, like, do we got I'll take, I'll take the something? right, you take the left. Let's, 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 let's bring. I'm going to need it part one and part two to drag you behind yeah. the, yeah. the yeah. screen. <laughs> Yeah, they'll be like, uh, one second, ma'am, we need to get like a, a dolly or something. <laughs> You'll have, you know, Freddie calling Michael and Jason over to yeah. give them a hand. Like, stop being scary, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Dan Klink, Mark McRae, and Adam Weston eating a chili dog here at SC Comic Con Jr., you got Thunder Talk, Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast, Ring of Thunder up in the house, along with Earth Station One, Earth Station Who, and the ESO Network. Sitting here at the table right now, checking everyone out. I think someone's checking me out. Give me a weird look. Oh, and we got Michael Gordon, of course, next door to us. Howdy! So, everybody, impressions here at uh, Greenville's premier junior comic book convention mark uh, how you how you vibing on this so far um you know so far so good it's an experimental comic-con because typically this convention based on what you told me they don't this is the first time that they're doing a junior convention but there is a uh, a pretty good turnout and it's one of the few conventions that i've gone to that has like a ton of kids are here so it's very family oriented and so far, so good. I've seen some pretty cool cosplay costumes. There's someone masquerading around as Superman. <laughs> but actually, let me change that. It's Lucille Ball playing Superman right. in that classic episode right. where she impersonates Superman uh, for little Ricky's birthday party. And I think it really is the first time in television that you saw a character like Superman that was on a syndicated popular TV show make a guest appearance on a number one network show. I don't think that had ever happened before and I didn't think about it until I saw this Lucy cosplay Superman character. Right. That's cool. Yeah, all kinds of revelations just walking around right in front of us. Right in front of us. And a great place to people watch, too, of course. Oh, excellent people watching. Excellent people watching here at uh, SC Comic Con Jr., I think my favorite cosplay so far has been uh, the Hamburglar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Hamburglar. That's an awesome, awesome costume. Yeah, you know, it's, it's the only costume I've worn in the last 20 years. Oh, wow. Like, you know, it's, it's, you, you find your costume, you feel like you're home, and, uh, and that's it. What is the Hamburglar's, um, it's his catchphrase? Robble, robble, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think... I'm, I'm going to burgle them hams, yo. <laughs> I think that, uh... Probably, I've heard that like 40 times because you're wearing the costume. Yeah. Yeah. When people are like, hey, Hamburglar, you know, I got to, you know, you wear the suit, you got to take on the responsibility, you know, with great, with great, uh, with great hams comes great uh, burgle responsibility. Right. Right. Yeah. So sexy. What's, what's happening? 
Next person that bumps into me when I'm carrying drinks and a fucking chili dog is getting the hammer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. So how's your con going? Messy? Messy, but it got the job done. I think that's what we could say. I think you should put that on your on your business card. Yep, I think we found our replacement for kick butts, not nuts. So, Dan. Where can we find you? You found me, dude. I'm right here. <laughs> okay, great. Okay, oh, my love. Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast. But hold on, hold on. Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast. Yeah, go check that out. Awesome. Beth, where can we find you? Twitter.com slash Noplahoma. Twitch.tv slash Noplahoma. Wheatley, tell me more. Where can I find you? You can find History of Comics podcast on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr, and listen to podcasts on uh, Apple, Spreaker, Stitcher, and all podcasting platforms. I'm currently doing a creepy classic series in the season, and uh, yeah, rec- some recommendations are given out to our Hellboy Seed of Destruction and uh, The Goon Volume 1. Awesome! The best Saturdays of our lives podcast can be found on um, SoundCloud, Apple, Stitcher, the best that it is of our lives website, uh, tbsool.com. Yeah, all those places. Adam, where can we find you? Yeah, you can find me at Ring of Thunder, where I talk about wrestling things that I've somehow managed to watch over the past week when people didn't have me doing other things. Yay. And Yay. Yeah, Ring of Thunder. And you can also find me at Netherworld. <laughs> okay. Yes. Well, you can find me at K to say rambles on on Twitter. You can find me on Twitch. Um, I'm just I'm everywhere. Peace. God damn it! You always say, okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You always say K to say K to say K to say. How the fuck do you spell that, man? Because it is not intuitively spelled. Or maybe I'm bad at English. K T S E A rambles on. Okay. Cool. Now we can. Now, okay. Bye, everybody. Done. Show's done. What a dick. is a production of the Weirdos Workshop. Starring Brandon Hilton, Michael Gordon, Mike and Judy Faber, Beth Allo, Adam Winston, Jonathan Wheatley, Mark McRae, Kavika Allo, and Dan Klink. If you want to find us on social media, we are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at ThunderTalkPod. Our email address is ThunderTalkPodcast at gmail.com. Drink, fight, and make your ancestors proud. The winner of the Take Dan's Job Contest is in no way entitled to nor should expect to be afforded any prior privileges of the actual job described as Dan. The position offered is purely functional and should not be confused nor construed to include the sexy disco-fueled Euro-trash lifestyle of any person who may have previously held said job title of Dan. Job requirements include, but are not limited to, editing Thunder Talk in a manner that both reflects and continues the show's tradition of groundbreaking excellence, maintain a professional attitude while enduring the constant bullying and ungratefulness of the show's cast, to enter by mail, send a self-addressed stamp envelope to Care of Joe Rogan, 9601 Wilshire Boulevard, Beverly Hills, California, 90210. 
This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.